And that's why I believe in you because that is the greatest purpose. It's to love. Honest. It's to, it sounds corny. Whatever you want to say, I don't care. I love people because there is freedom and power in loving people. Hello, all you positive heads out there. Thanks for tuning your beautiful brainwaves into another episode of the Positive Head Podcast, where we have the crazy belief that creating success and happiness is a daily conscious effort, which is why we provide you with a fresh serving of soul food for thought five days a week. I'm your host, Brandon Beecham, and each and every Wednesday, you can tune in to hear me interview a different consciousness changemaker that is out there working tirelessly to help catalyze change and expand awareness all across Spaceship Earth. On the other four weekdays, you can tune in to myself and my co-host, Dalian, giving interpretations of our favorite thought-provoking quotes, sharing a bit of inspiring or mysterious news, taking questions from the audience, and digging into any other mind-expansive topics that will help keep your soul fed by tuning you into positive vibrations on a regular basis. Also, this Positive Head podcast is definitely a labor of love for Dalian and I, but make no mistake, it takes a lot of time, energy, and resources to produce five episodes each and every week for you, our listeners. So if you enjoy the Positive Head podcast, it would be stellar and much appreciated if you showed us your support at PositiveHead.com by picking up one of our unique Positive Head bracelets. Of course, you would most certainly be helping yourself in the process because it functions as much more than just another stylish accessory. And if you haven't ever seen one, they're really cool, simple little bracelets with our Flower of Life Sacred Geometry inspired logo. They're actually made out of recycled tires and metal, so our intention is, of course, to do something positive by giving new life to previously discarded goods, and as far as their functionality goes, they act as a daily reminder to help you focus on the positive aspects of your daily life. The concept was actually inspired by studies that you can read about on our our website, but besides that, many people believe just wearing something with sacred geometry is empowering in and of itself, uh, which you can also read about on our site. And of course, as the Buddha once famously said, what you think you become. So we believe having something on your wrist that reminds you to keep a positive head the same way a Fitbit reminds you to keep active makes a whole lot of sense. Of course, we charge way less than Fitbit for helping you to manage your mental health because we let you name your price for your positive head bracelet. The reason we do that is because our heartfelt intention is to spread the positivity at all costs, first and foremost. That is our primary aim. And we don't ever want money to stand in the way of somebody wearing one. So if money is super tight and you want to pay as low as our cost to get one, no problem. On the flip side, if you love our podcast and just hit the lotto and want to show us your support by paying a million dollars for one, well, that won't hurt our feelings much either, I assure you. All right, all you positive heads, here we go again. Dalian, the alien, welcome, sir. Greetings and salutations, <laughs> my friend. Oh, that's your Bashar intro, I like. Uh, and to you, good day. Uh, <laughs> oh, why? Is it, oh, no, I'm just uh, an alien from the same system as Bashar. Oh, I see. Um, a, a long-lost relative? Yeah, we're just, you heard that's, it here, that's folks, just how we... now determine Dalian, the alien's origins. There's a plot twist. Yeah, that's <laughs> just how we say. Lost cousin. Yeah, that's just how we we talk in my planet. I see. I see. That's just how we, you know, we just get really excited when we greet others. So we our greetings tend to sound over the top to you humans. But uh, 
I'm always for a bit of passion. So I like, uh, I like the way you talk. <laughs> and the way Bashar talks, especially. Uh, what's going on today? What do you got? Uh, anything in ways of a mysterious story of the day? I do. My story today is is a mysterious sighting. So it is pretty much your classic mysterious story, your classic uh, type of uh, UFO sighting, you could say. This was a UFO, actually. It was a falling object in Arizona, Brandon, mm-hmm. um, back in September of last year. The story I found through uh, the EWAO.com website, mm-hmm. but um, the story is called uh, Burning Object Ab- Above Arizona Scott, or yeah, Above Arizona, seems to defy all explanations. So if you find that story, you'll see the video. Uh, there's a YouTube video embedded of said object, mm-hmm. and it looks really trippy. That's why it's become a thing, apparently. I mean... You know, there's definitely by now, in this day and age, in the year 2016, just so many things floating around in the Earth's atmosphere, right? I mean, I think that if you just do a search anytime, you'll find just hundreds of net thousands of reported sightings of UFOs, mysterious things floating in the sky, footage on YouTube of all kinds of things. This is a pretty unique one looking, though, Brandon. Yeah. The video, yeah, it's, uh, as it's sort of described in the article, it kind of looks like a patch of burning grass is left behind this object that's falling from the sky. I mean, yeah, it's like the title says, it's a burning, falling object. Weird. But it just doesn't, it just looks um, odd. It looks <laughs> otherworldly. It looks supernatural. When did it, when did this occur? Uh, September. Okay. But uh, yeah, the the footage, um, I don't know if there's only like one um piece of video footage that was captured of the falling object but uh yeah it's uh, imagine something that um you might think is like a satellite that's like re-entering earth right yeah that's burning up in the atmosphere that's you know breaking apart etc it just kind of looks like that except not again it's just like looks odd hmm. and it's just really really cool for one right but uh it's just uh, something that we, I don't know, we maybe we'll find out one day what this thing was. Maybe we won't, but it, it certainly fits the bill for a mysterious sighting of something that looks very, very, you know. I just wish the mothership would just go ahead and descend down and get over, get it over with, you know. I know, huh? Talk to your cousin. <laughs> Talk to your cousin and get him to, to bring in, you know, bring in a, uh, not Independence Day style, but uh, a friendly version of that maybe. Yeah, there's a new Independence <laughs> Day coming out. And uh, it looks like, uh, yeah, like I'm the sure first, we'll the first over one, the top, yeah, action, yeah. Take take the first Independence Day movie and update it for the year 2016 with add a lot of fear. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Amp up everything: the fear, the visual effects, yeah. the destruction. Of course, yeah, yeah. But uh, no, this this is pretty cool for sure. The um, uh, the sighting, like the article says, Brandon. I could just read you real quick. Uh, at, at this point, the mysterious object pauses for another 10 seconds before incinerating the sky once more. It repeats the procedure until it reaches the ground. The areas of the sky where the device went through are looking like patches of burning grass, like I was saying. Mm-hmm. thus raising a lot of questions about the material that's being released by the falling object. So yeah, there's like all kinds of anomalies. There's no like constant trail of smoke. You know, it looks like it's burning, but there's no like, mm-hmm. right? Like cloud of smoke like you would expect to see. Yeah. And a- apparently like the... F- fire quote unquote mm-hmm. uh sort of turns off and on at intervals so it's, yeah it's just very mysterious indeed dalian mysterious indeed 
Well, moving right along, I would like to go into a positive pondering and breakdown for the day. And this uh, quote, I don't know who the author is, but it's short and sweet and says a lot. Don't judge me by my past. I don't live there anymore. This, of course, being one of the biggest things that ties people down, and we talk about it regularly on the show because it is such a big piece for all of us. And in the spirit of wanting to uh, have the most potent and powerful daily uh, conscious reminders, it's just one that we have to circle back around to again and again and again is judging by judging yourself by your past, judging others by your past, because there is no past. It's just it's just a moment that's gone that can't be brought back. It's not like you remembered it to be. And yet we're always, always looking at it and trying to define ourselves from what I've done. Think about, you know, every time people meet and, uh, you know, oh, what do you do? What have you done? It's like the resume. Tell me about your all your past because that t- defines who you are to me. And really that's, you know, it's one of those many things that are out there in culture that's like a – um, because it's so prevalent, we think that is, uh, that it's proper <laughs> and it's really not. You're born and new in each and every moment. And just imagine if you could really integrate that into your consciousness, if you could stop with all the stories that you've told about yourself, because there's so many negative stories that people tell. And then of course that holds them down. I'm a person who can't do this or hasn't done that, or this isn't part of my wheelhouse. This isn't part of what I'm capable of. Other people can do that based off their past experiences, but not mine. And so we make we bring we drag the past into the now always uh well not always but <laughs> a lot of the time and that's really a one of the biggest things that i'm trying to learn to do is to put down the stories put down these these things that were nothing more than um sort of rites of passage to get me to this moment where i'm being birthed anew and you know thinking back to our podcast a couple days ago where you know just bringing presence to this moment, presence to this moment. We're always circling this topic because it is, uh, it is the hardest uh, thing to do for so many people based off of the way we've been conditioned. It's really not that it's difficult to do. It's just like a foreign concept. And we want to instill the uh, concept in your brain that really right now you're born anew. Everything that's went before is dead and gone and only was there to birth you into this. It's like a butterfly looking back at a caterpillar and saying, you know, talking about, well, I was a caterpillar. I can't, I really can't fly. And meanwhile, you've got these wings and you're not using them because you're too busy talking about what you were last week when you were a caterpillar. And uh, I I think that's a, a good way to look at it with all of us. You have all these gifts and, and progress that you've made uh, that you could implement and utilize, but yet you're sitting on it and not utilizing it because you're too busy thinking about, uh, you know, judging yourself by this past place you don't live in anymore. And it's sort of like this residual negative residue that we carry along with us that uh, holds us down, keeps us, keeps us as the caterpillar. <laughs> That's so well said, Brandon. The way you explained it, I think it really drives a point home that this is just such an important thing to be aware of, to practice, to try and do that programming. And you absolutely, I think, did that, but for sure it's something that could be looked at every day that we could you know, make a small mention to every day to serve as a little bit of a reminder. I know that someone like Eckhart Tolle is really, really good. And that's, you know, I think we played a Eckhart clip a couple of days ago. But he's really, really good at pointing that out, how yeah. the whole element of past is 
so very illusory and so very, you know, much something that we give a lot of reality to when it has very little reality, really, yeah. or hardly any at all. And he's one who- Really, who's none. Really, I mean, yeah. uh, other than um, uh, the story that led you to where you're at. I mean, that's the only relevance um, that it has on this moment. I mean, it, it, it's put you in the circumstances that you're in, I guess, is the one thing that people may, may argue, and, and that's a valid point. But um, once again, because it's put you in certain circumstances and it's led you to where you're at now, it has nothing to do with where you're going. And that's where we really disconnect. We think, oh, you know, it was there before, so it's going to be there again, and we're going to carry it, for, you know, carry it forward. And it becomes like a, a giant weight a chain that we're carrying dragging around everyone's dragging this this stuff around that's completely unnecessary Mm -hmm. yeah your interview with dr bruce lipton uh, he said something that's kind of like another little perspective on that whole thing he talks about subconscious programming versus you know what we always say our conscious statement of our desires for life and our intentions etc and he talks about the quintessential dilemma that we often, well, he, you know, he puts it like 95% of the time that we spend during the day, we revert to that kind of programming where we're thinking about this or that. That's not this conscious, you know, statement of it's just our programming, right? That starts right. playing again. That's right. subconscious or barely conscious, right? Right. That includes a lot of dysfunctional thinking, a lot of projection into the past or the future. And that's just, again, like you said, and like he's explained, uh, it's programming that we have to try and undo. Yeah. But it's just part of the way we're conditioned. So, you know, as uh, like like you indicated, it seems like a very foreign thing until you get it initially. You sort of get to have that breakthrough that, uh-huh, oh, yeah, I yeah. see that. And then the more you look at that, the more you can internalize and change that. Absolutely. What I'd like to do now is share a short clip from Alan Watts talking about this very subject, um, bringing in some uh, outside perspective. This uh, particular clip was uh, found on the Alan Watts Ideas YouTube page. Uh, It's titled, We Can Choose Our Future. Take a listen. So the course of time is really very much like the course of a ship in the ocean, because here's the ship, you see, and it leaves behind it a wake. And the wake fades out, and that tells us where the ship has been, in just the same way as the past, and our memory of the past tells us what we have done. But as we go back into the past, and we go back and back to prehistory, and we use all kinds of instruments and scientific methods for detecting what happened, we eventually reach a point where all record of the past fades away in just the same way as the wake of the ship. Now, the important thing to remember in this illustration is that the wake doesn't drive the ship any more than the tail wags the dog. Supposing there's a neurotic, difficult child And uh, one school of thought used to say, well, bang him about, beat him up, and uh, maybe he'll change. But then they said, oh, no, that's not fair to the child to beat him up because it was his parents. Uh, They didn't bring him up properly. And so then they say, well, punish the parents. Well, the parents say, excuse me, but our parents were neurotic too, and they brought us up badly, so we couldn't help what we did. 
And so since the grandparents are dead, we can't get at them. And in any case, supposing we could, uh, we would pass the whole blame back to Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. And they say, they started all this mess. But then Eve would say, no, uh, the serpent tempted me and I did eat. And it was the serpent's fault. Well, you know, when God, uh, in the story of Genesis, asked Eve, uh, didst thou eat the fruit of the tree whereof I told thee thou shouldst not eat? She said, oh, but the serpent tempted me and I did eat. And God looked at the serpent and the serpent didn't make any excuse. He probably winked. Because the serpent, being an angel, was wise enough to know where the present begins. So you see, if you insist on being moved, being determined by the past, that's your game. But the fact of the matter is, it all starts right now. But we like to establish a connectivity with the past because that gives other people the impression that we're sane. If you ask me then, why am I talking? Well, I could say I'm making a living this way or I have a message that I want to get across to you. But that's not the reason. I'm talking for the same reason that birds sing and for the same reason that the stars shine. Is I, I, I dig it. Why do you dig it? Well, I could go on answering all sorts of questions about human motivation and psychology, but they wouldn't explain a thing because explaining things by the past is really a refusal to explain them at all. All you're doing is postponing the explanation. You're putting it back and back and back and back and that explains nothing. What does explain things is the present. Why do you do it now? Now, this is a slight cheat because that doesn't explain it either. Because what happens now, just as the sound comes out of silence, all this comes out of nowhere. This is in connection with what I explained to you in another talk about the power of nothingness. All life suddenly emerges out of space, bang, right now. And to ask again, why does it happen, is an unprofitable question. Because the interesting thing is not why, but what. What happens, not why does it happen. I can say, well, I am doing this now because I did that then. And so I am producing for you a continuous line of thought. But actually I'm doing it backwards. I'm doing it always from now and connecting up what I do now with what I did so that you can see a consistent story. If I define myself as the whole field of events, we'll say the organism environment field, which is the real me, then all the things that happen to me may be called my doing. And that is the real sense of karma. But when we speak about freedom from karma, freedom from being the puppet of the past, that simply involves a change in your thinking. It involves, in other words, you're getting rid of the habit of thought whereby you define yourself as the result of what has gone before and instead get into the more plausible and more reasonable habit of thought in terms of which 
You don't define yourself in terms of what you've done before, but in terms of what you're doing now. And that is liberation from the ridiculous situation of being a dog wagged by its tail. Alan Watts always has such a wonderful way of putting it, you know, <laughs> he traces everything back to Adam and Eve and, uh, you know, getting rid of the habit of thought uh, where you define yourself by what you've done before and instead start to define yourself by what you're doing now. That's the hugest takeaway for me. What are you doing now? Uh, you know, if someone asks you about yourself. Well, uh, today, uh, let's see, I'm wearing, I had this for lunch. Uh, I'm eating this right now, or I'm wearing this outfit or I'm doing this activity where I'm meeting you. This is, this is, this is me. Here I am. You know, here's, here's my passions. Here's where I want to, um, direct this, you know, this jumping off point from that I'm on. I want to take it forward maybe perhaps with this. I mean, it makes more sense to even talk about the the future than the past, but even that you got to be very careful with projecting, you know, set your goals, set your intentions, set your aims, but then release those because, um, it is, uh, it is not really, uh, ever going to show up exactly like you think. And so, uh, it can show up better than you think. So let it go. <laughs> oh yeah. That's very well said. Once again, Brian, uh, it's true that we do that, but we don't realize that how we um, project and, uh, you know, again, sort of revert to our programming. But I love the way you put it and you've already made it into your go to opening question for the podcast. When you ask, um, you know, your interviewees, your interviews, you ask them, you know, what what is your passion? Right. You, you get that whole elevator, elevator scenario. Yeah. And I know it's something that's perhaps, you know, been... It's an idea that's gone around like the burner community or some of these other communities where people like to sort of greet each other that way. They mm-hmm. know that they're, they're trying not to define each other in these old, outdated ways. Right. They know that they want to come from a different place when relating to yep. each other. So when they meet, they won't ask each other like, okay, give me your what CD, do you do? your resume, yeah. you know, give me your list of accomplishments. No, I don't really care about any of that. I care about what are you excited about right now? Exactly. Yeah, what is moving you right now what are you alive for right now so yeah that's exactly much a much in my opinion better way to put everything in the context that at least to me really matters and that's a question to put to all the listeners what is your passion right now get in tune with that because start think think about that what is your passion and then as you think about it as you dwell on that you get excited well that's where that's your path that's where you're meant to be exactly follow that excitement why would you spend your precious precious energy focused on some bad story uh you know that happened to you five years ago or 10 years ago or last week or last month or 10 minutes ago for that matter only if you're someone like stephen king who can rewrite their yeah like (laughs) personal dramas into some like awesome horror story or something yeah in that case maybe but yeah unless you're a horror novelist (laughs) author um yeah worry is a poor use of imagination dwelling on negative past i would say is a poor use of imagination what is your passion now drum it up what are you doing now and it and is that defining you in a way that you feel good about if it's not do something different now right now and if you do that and you do that fearlessly the universe will meet you uh, to to make sure that you uh, you are successful, you are supported. And that's the biggest fear I think a lot of people have with following their passion is, will I be supported? The answer is yes. Find out, do it, be, be brave, be bold. That's where the magic lies. Absolutely, Brian. 
Um, I I had to uh, come back to this real quick because I, I brought up Stephen King kind of randomly. He just sort of popped in my head, but. Uh, actually, it's not quite so random because even though he's a horror novelist, and to be honest, I haven't really read uh, a lot of or hardly any of his stuff. But of right. course, I have seen it, you know, turned into films and other medium, you know, media like like so many people. But one of the things that I, I guess part of the reason why I wanted to come back to it real quick is that even though he's a horror novelist, he seems to be someone who appears to have like a very sort of grounded and, uh, you know, pretty cool perspective on life. You know, someone who's He's a smart guy, obviously, but he's he seems to have sort of uh, a good a head well screwed on his shoulders, you could say. And for for a writer who's in a way kind of symbolizes, you know, success, you know, as a novelist, right, as a fiction writer. And again, you know, as a writer of horror stories and things like that, he appears to be someone who's very much on the side of life and on the side of these things, finding your purpose, finding your passion, becoming great at what you do. And pursuing these things that, you know, may take a form that perhaps is off-putting to some, but the sort of essence behind it and the process, the whole, everything to do with that really is very uh, kind of life-enhancing, yeah. I could say. So yeah. perhaps it's not such a random thing after all, because it's uh, it's like I was telling a friend recently, I don't care what you do. And this could really even go back to the whole question about passion and purpose, but I don't care what you do. I care about how you do it. Yeah. Well said. Well, Dalian, that gets down to it for today's episode. I do have some music queued up here, though. Um, and this is uh, the group Wild Light, um, two-member group. And this is the song Lantern. Hope you enjoy. And before we check out the musical tastings for today, I would like to add this podcast is definitely a labor of love for Dalian and I. So, if you have enjoyed this positive download from our hearts and minds to yours, please take a minute, give us a rating or review on iTunes, since iTunes is the holy grail of all things podcasting. Uh, your good reviews help us to reach more listeners. Also, we would be extremely appreciative if you would tell your friends and family about the show. Our sincere intent with the Positive Head podcast is to spread positivity to the world because, well, because we're selfish, quite honestly. Uh, I say that jokingly, but really only halfway joking. I'm referring to the good kind of selfish based on the knowing that we all get what we give in this life because when we give, we're actually always giving to extensions of self since we're all really one in the same consciousness, just in different bodies. So if you want to be a good selfish along with us by helping to spread the positivity, by all means, please proceed to shout about the Positive Head podcast from your rooftop. <laughs> Otherwise, as you continue on your fabulous journey in this 3D reality, be sure to remember this. As long as you ain't dead, you're already positive ahead. Journey well, everyone, and thank you for being.
Tasting all at once to move you 